This is Tasting Room Radio, Year 17. I'm Terry David Mulligan. We started this show in a studio in a barn on the Naramata bench. We find ourselves now on on Vancouver Island in a barn 17 years later. Two friends, one just met and one I've been talking to for quite a while. He's been mentoring me for a long time. His name is John Skinner. He is the visionary behind Painted Rock, Okanagan Falls, overlooking Skaha Lake, making world-class wines, literally from the get-go. He surrounded himself with amazing talent, starting with the planting by Valeria Tate and by mentoring in the vineyards by Elan Sutra. John Skinner knows what he's doing. So he's our first guest. The second is Vijay Gandhi, Canadian, living in San Francisco. And because she's a fan of Canadian wines, specifically BC, she's decided to bring those wines to Americans. It's a huge task. First of all, we couldn't fulfill all of her wine needs. We just didn't make enough. But now we do. And now we have the visionaries to look ahead and go, I can do this. We can sell wine in the States. So Vijay Gandhi is our second guest and she'll be talking about her company called Cascadia Wine Merchants. Cascadia with a K, based in San Francisco. Those are the two guests on this edition of Tasting Room Radio. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Visit the Okanagan Valley this winter and experience beautiful BC wine country. The Okanagan Winter Wine Festival takes place January 20 through 28 across the Okanagan. Events include happy hours, fire and ice carnival, a winter artisan market, scenic sips, live music Sundays, and today, Saturday, January the 20th, it's Winter Sips South, a grand tasting taking place at the Penticton Trade and Convention Center. And Saturday the 20th, Sunday the 21st, the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival, in partnership with the District Wine Village, presents Winterfest at the District. Get yourself a very popular passport and visit one of the 11 wineries at the District Wine Village and have a great meal at Ward's Wine Country Kitchen. You can find all the details for the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival in January at thewinefestivals.com. He's John Skinner. He is the proprietor of Painted Rock on a high bluff overlooking everything. Skaha Lake, for one. Yeah. So, John, my basic question would be, how are things at Painted Rock? But I know that you're bottling, right? So what are you bottling? We're bottling all of our reds today. Not today, but this week. First started today. Um, it's the 2021 vintage that we're bottling. Yep. Um, it's just fabulous. Honestly, bright acidity. Alan Sutra was here a week and a half ago, and he said, most elegant wine we've ever produced. You know what? By an age, we're almost 20 years in the in the ground. Hmm. Almost 20 years since we planted. So, um it's we, we get replicatable flavor profiles year over year because as the roots were going down you get things that would change over time and now ultimately i would bet within the next five years we will know what the replicatable blend of the red icon is going to be year over year because it's just getting so similar in a good way did pretty, you pretty exciting did you once show me maybe i imagine this on your iphone you said you showed me the roots uh, you, you were you wanted to know how far down they were in terms of the water level. We did, uh, yeah. And then I, that's when I realized when those roots get down there, uh, they know who they are, they know what they are, and that shows in the in the fruit. You know, when we walked the vineyard with the land because of all the damage that's happened in the in the industry this year, uh, we 
haven't been that damaged. And and I said to Alain, I, I said, how do we dodge this bullet? Like, I know that we only got down to minus 21 where we are, and it was minus 31 elsewhere. Yeah. But he's he attributed a lot of the success and consistency in our vineyard to the fact that when he started to work with us, right after we planted, he implemented a rule with us that we would we would spade every second row uh. every year. So alternating to cut off any horizontal roots. And after about 10 years, we uh, we excavated a trench beside our Cabernet Franc, yeah. and those roots were so big and so, or like, they just went straight down and were on a deep layer of alluvial silt. So uh, I think that that really saved us because those roots are way, way down there. So, John, now that I picked up the uh, estate-grown Chardonnay, I find, of course, I was drinking at 2022. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about your 22 mm-hmm. growing season, and then we'll talk about the new one. We had a fabulous crop in 2022. So we'd, we'd, we'd been in a couple of vintages where we, we went down, we were down like 10 or 15%. And that was like, that was like uh, 2019, 2020, 2021. They were all kind of down. 2022 was just, we were, it's probably the, se- I think the second biggest vintage we ever had and perfect balance throughout the vineyard. So uh, it's, it's going to stand the test of time. What you're going to notice on that Chardonnay, very interestingly, is we i made a change uh i was invited to a dinner at at uh 67 palm Mall in london yeah with Jancis robinson uh last about a year ago and at the very end it was i was gonna we always show about eight eight canadian wines yeah. paired with world leaders and i was bringing our cabernet franc and it was gonna be it was matched with a with a, a really nice one out of loire valley at the end of the dinner, there are, there were eight wines, so sixteen wines in total, eight courses. Uh, just before I flew from Vancouver to London for this thing, I got a call from Mark Nadeau, the organizer, and he said, "Hey, John, um, we we've got a Montrachet, but we didn't pair it with, with with a Canadian. Will you will you bring an aged Chardonnay?" And I never think of our Chardonnay with respect to age because we only do five hundred cases of it. It's four percent sure. of the size of our vineyard because we ripen red fruit. We study this property nine ways Sunday. There's one cool part of our property at the north near the creek, so that gets Chardonnay. But because it's 500 cases, I don't think of the sellerability, and I really it just wasn't there. So it was I I want to compete with the best wines in the world. We use the best cork, we use the best everything for the first seven or eight vintages, and then I was getting lobbied quite a bit from our industry. Oh, you should put a screw cap on it. You should put a screw cap on it. Well, for that dinner. I brought a 2017. It had a screw cap. At the end of the dinner, one of the attendees said to Jancis, what's the wine of the night? And she pointed to me. And and I said, our Cabernet Franc. And she said, the Chardonnay. 2022, we went back to cork. I want everybody to <laughs> sell her these wines for five years because they were, ex- it was extraordinary. The color, it was richer yellow. Yeah. It was, it, the aromatics were fabulous. Like That's I didn't even recognize the wine. It just needs to lay down. That's two of the so nicest you words you could ever say. Rich uh, uh, yellow, a nice rich yellow. That's just it tells you not only is oh. it not only is it gorgeous, it's going to get even better. It it was it was markedly better than than I remembered it, and it, it just it was just maturity and it's respect. So I what we've done with this vintage is I'm holding back a bunch of the Chardonnay. Yeah. Because I'm going to re-release it because I think it's just it. Uh, I wasn't get, paying it homage i wasn't respecting it the way i should and going forward it's a different animal and you don't you don't clobber it with uh, french oak uh, six months 
Uh, 85%, Six months. Yep, 85% uh, yeah. French oak, and then 15% stainless steel, right? Yep. And, and you know what? We, uh, when, when people ask us, ask Alain, is it oaked? I remember when we were at this dinner in London, he was asked, and he says respectfully. And he's, it's, he's very adamant. It, uh, it's not, is it French? It's which French Cooper is it? Which, they have their certain styles. And he is so adamant about this. I just love working with the guy. My philosophy in business is know what you don't know and hire well. And I, <laughs> if I did anything well on this journey, I hired well. <laughs> you did. You did. I love the texture of that Chardonnay. Uh, I didn't know the price point. What is it? 45 Okay. A painted Rock, John Skinner is the proprietor and the man who is the visionary behind it. Isn't this the first one where you've made enough so that you can supply your wine club members and we normal people out here, the, the great unwashed? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it was that good vintage, that yeah. big vintage. And we were really lucky because it got really, you know, I, I'm so respectful of our wine club and my daughter has, and team have done such a fabulous job building it but it is really great to be able to have you know enough and and 2022 was a you know good crop load balanced fabulous and but not only that uh we planted a new planting block it's right beside our tasting room and we did that about five or six years ago and at the very beginning when when we did this planting i we planted two clones of every variety and when alan sutra saw what our planting strategy was he flew out, came from France to meet me because he, he just loved whatever the advice I was getting. He said it was really good. He wanted to be involved. So a number of years, a few, number of years ago, I'd left an acre and a half beside the tasting room vacant in case one day we want to build a, an inn or something. And I, and, and over time, I just thought, I want these plants to sleep at night. I don't want people around. <laughs> I just want to, you know, we are what we are. And I want, so I turned to Milan and I said, Milan, I think I want to plant that uh, acre and a half beside the tasting room. And his eyes lit up and he said, oh, I got an idea. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, when I first saw your planting strategy, I didn't want to tell you, but there was one thing missing in it. And I, I said, I said, what was that? And he said, in your Chardonnay, you've got the two primary cones that, that I really respected. But there's kind of a secret weapon that they used in Burgundy. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's, I think it's clone seven. And they put it in a warmer part of the vintage and it's generally like 15 or 20%. It's clone seven. <laughs> That's about, and the one that you would just experience is about the third vintage where we, we have that in our Chardonnay and it just increases the, the complexity. But anyway, Alan's a gem. It's fun working with him. He's John Skinner. He is the proprietor of Painted Rock. I was having a look at your, um, your 2020 icon with the spice and cherry notes and all that stuff and 30% new. Uh, oak and you talk about cellaring please cellar this wine yes have a taste but then cellar the second or third or fourth bottle that you might have 39 merlot 31 cab franc 14 petit verdot 12 cab 14 malbec the other thing is is your rosé is almost exactly the same merlot malbec cab franc petit verdot and cab it's a sign you're, yes? you're, you know what it is yeah and actually we we we've transitioned a, a little bit i you know, this is thinking on our feet. We had uh, the last rosé that we released. This this vintage is my favorite by far. Uh-huh. And what happened, um, we were slightly overcropped in our Malbec. And typically, we're going to drop that down. We want to be exactly on the tonnage that we want per acre, like sure. three and a half tons, right there. Well, we were overcropped. And it was a little late in the season, and Alain was there. And Alain said, what I want you to do is 
is leave the, all the fruit on until, and he gave us the exact bricks that he wanted. Yeah. It's going to be a few weeks before we harvest the rest. But he said, I want you to take that off, and that's going into the rosé. Well, it's going to be an annual thing that we do now because it just was a game changer. It's just so lovely, and it's bright, and it's low alcohol, and it's just it just ticks all the boxes, dry as can be. He is uh, John Skinner. He is a proprietor at Painted Rock, looking down on Skaha Lake. A Painted Rock, uh, friends, is what we're talking about. John Skinner is a proprietor and the man who is the visionary behind it. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Visit the Okanagan Valley this winter and experience beautiful BC wine country. The Okanagan Winter Wine Festival takes place January 20 through 28 across the Okanagan. Events include happy hours, fire and ice carnival, a winter artisan market, scenic sips, live music Sundays, and today, Saturday, January the 20th, it's Winter Sips South, a grand tasting taking place at the Penticton Trade and Convention Center. And Saturday the 20th, Sunday the 21st, the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival, in partnership with the District Wine Village, presents Winterfest at the District. Get yourself the very popular passport and visit one of the 11 wineries at the District Wine Village and have a great meal at Ward's Wine Country Kitchen. You can find all the details for the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival in January at thewinefestivals.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. A quick reminder, the Red Wine Lovers Collection, a curated selection of Hillside's favorite red wines. Their whites and rosés include the 2022 Heritage Pinot Gris, the Heritage Viognier, the Muscat Autonel, the double gold medal winning Gewürztraminer, the Unoaked Pinot Gris, and the 2022 Rosé. The Rosé Lovers Collection. A fun bundle of three unique expressions of rosé. The Aromatic Whites, a six-pack collection of Hillside's iconic aromatic white wines. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca. Our guest is John Skinner, who is the visionary behind the smashing winery called Painted Rock, overlooking Skaha Lake in the Okanagan Valley. Can we talk about your Syrah? Yes, that's that's, that's the one that makes me look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I'm 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 often asked to 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 do a pairing, and generally I'll always say, "Oh yeah, bring the Syrah because it's anything with with pepper or spice or big steaks or anything like that. Anything. It's just so easy to pair, or yeah. not or nothing at all, or nothing at all. I, yeah. It's not a sipper, friends. <clears throat> this is not a sipper. This is an engaged wine. Uh, it's the 2020 Syrah from Painted Rock. Is this any left? Is it sold out? It's a decent vintage. It'll be released to the wine club in September, right? Uh, but it's honestly, yeah, decent, decent quantities, which is making our it's our our businesses happy. I saw it got a night you and, and you and you tapped on it a ninety three from decanter for your Syrah. Yeah, uh, white pepper, black fruit, ripe, 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 ripe black fruit, uh, deep rich. It's black. It's pitch. It's just you know, <laughs> just smelling it, you know, you're off on a journey. It's fantastic. Yeah, you know it's it's really interesting. I don't know if I ever told you the story, but the two clones that we that we planted, clone ninety nine and one hundred. Okay. One is generally delicate and floral, and the other is spicy and masculine. And I, I remember at the very beginning, I turned to Alan and I said, Alan, would you con- why don't we keep them separate? Call one Syrah and one Shiraz because <laughs> they're so different. And without missing a beat, he looks at me. He says, John, one plus one equals three. <laughs> it what it does is it 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 the the 
delicate floral one imparts this beautiful aromatic on it and it diffuses some of the peppers and it's just magic so i always encourage people wine club members when they come up and i take them for a for a barrel tasting i always taste them separately to give them that yeah. that experience because yeah. it's it's it is really remarkable but that just says that valerie tate and our planning strategy was just brilliant she did a fabulous job we walked the vineyard together a couple of years ago alan and i i said alan would you change anything and he said not a plant that oh god <laughs> i wouldn't want him to say yeah, yeah pull that's up fantastic <laughs> it is a painted rock uh friends is what we're talking about john skinner is the proprietor and the man who is the visionary behind it um wine club picks up august the 11th i'm looking at some of your events uh, I wish I'd been there for Chris Van Hoydunk, and I, September the 16th is firing off on all cylinders here. Um, the Merlot, uh, are you bottling Merlot now? Yes, everything's this week. So it'll be Icon, Merlot, Malbec. Uh, what else? Um, Syrah. And yeah, I, you know, one thing I'll, I'll point out to your, um, your audience, our wine club, what I always... I, I, if we produced X, it's X less quite a bit because I had half of our wine club through what we do is we put the wines together in tank for a month and let them all come together. And so for the last month, I've had half of our wine club come up and tasting it out of tank because then you'll know what to order at wine club time and you won't be as tempted to take to try them because you've tried them already. Like the wines are put together finally. So it's always a big advantage. And I always encourage people because we bottle at the end of July. So if you're up in middle or, or, or early July, come by and do a tank tasting because it's uh, it'll save you opening bottles that are far too young when you get them from your wine club order. John, have your, uh, your wine neighbors been able to survive the December freeze? It's tough. My immediate neighbors are, are, are better off but I've got some friends who were really hurting. So we're, I've, I've made some overtures to some friends to, uh, I've got some equipment that I can help them with. Yeah. I've got some uh, barrels yeah. because typically we sell barrels that are past their prime for us, but there's others that have different models. And I'm going to help out a couple of my buddies that have been generous with me. Okay. And uh, fingers crossed because it's, uh, we propagate our clones. So if I can help somebody, I'm going to do it. I'll pick who it's going to be, but we've got a really good, industry and um this is this is a this is a tough time so it's time we come together nature's thrown everything at us right now but that we're we're very fortunate in this regard and i think a lot of it has to do with well where we are geographically but also the fact that we've got about a seven or eight degree slope down towards the water and the fact that one of my that valerie tate insisted that we plant east west and accommodate the air movement over the over the light was the most important decision I've ever made because I had to decide we had two people lobbying one of my consultants saying plant north south and the other one's saying east west and Valerie won and that was the best decision I ever made way to go Val Valeria Tate yeah. <laughs> she's in the middle of gold uh, gold making gold my goodness a painted rock uh friends is what we're talking about John Skinner is the proprietor and the man who is the visionary behind it uh, what haven't we talked about John the yes. Malbec for one uh, yeah. We haven't talked about the Cab Franc for one. Hey, you know what? The Cab Franc, I'd love to give you some feedback because, you know, if I did anything in this business that I wanted to contribute, to aim highly, you know, and, and compete with the, the best in the world. But so I also was quite familiar with Europe and spending time there. And I was advised to get into the London market, get into the European market. Um, 
get the so so I very quickly learned when you go to Provine and you go to London, you do these events. Um, don't sell it, pour it, pour it, and listen because the the absolute incredible intelligence and experience that's out there is I quickly learned. You know what? I, uh, from from some of the it was particularly at Provine right at the very beginning was what makes us stand out and it's the acidity i didn't realize that it was such a an important component of what it is that we produce but when i got i did a tasting at le chef enfin in bordeaux with a fabulous chef sommelier dear friend he tasted four of my reds and he said um he said these are extraordinary i'm going to take them all <laughs> and i i was just blown away well then i said wait there's a there's a fifth you haven't tried yet and he said he said what's that and i said it's my cabernet franc and he said i've got to stop you there we only we've got four other psalms that work in this restaurant with him five psalms in one restaurant and he said we have an agreement we buy together we have an agreement we will only buy a cabernet franc from four regions in the world and they all happen to be french <laughs> and, and, and i said i said you know would you just indulge me so i end up pouring him like a half a glass because i'd already opened the bottle i'm flying out in two hours i pour him a half a glass he's living with it for the longest five minutes of my life <laughs> and then finally takes a sip, puts his glass down. He said, we just found our fifth region. Ah. And that to me was, he, and then he explained, he said, I wouldn't even, we won't even consider trying a Cabernet Franc from California, but what we're, you know, California, warm days, warm nights, round, ripe fruit. Okanagan, warm days, cool night, bright, ripe fruit. And it, it, so where are we now? We're in the top restaurants in London with the Cabernet Franc and the bright acidity. We're in, Top restaurants in Brussels, Cabernet Franc with Bright Acidity. Like it, it was just a heck of a lesson. Let me take this one step further because I had a conversation last week with Vijay Gandhi. Yeah. Yeah. At Cascadia, her. who has begun this heroic effort <clears throat> to get Canadian wines into the States readily available and put to your front door. None of the BS going on, just, just, just like everybody else. And she's telling me she's been talk, having a dialogue with you. Try just trying to keep stock is the hardest part of of the gig, uh, and um, I'm going to give her a, a profile as much as I can, and work with her and see how how we can move this forward. It's a great concept. I mean, as I, I tried to explain to her, I said you guys headed for London. You wanted that that wine fan to know. You wanted those restaurants to know you existed. Does the same thing apply to the states? Totally does. It's more difficult though. So what I did was just before COVID, I moved a pallet of wine to New York. And and like I've been working with VJ and VJ's fabulous. And she represents us. She can she can distribute to I think it's 38 states. So that's that's my go-to if, if somebody wants to buy a single order. But I needed I wanted to get my wines in front of Eric Asimov, New yep. York Times. Yep. I wanted to get it in front of uh, I know some restaurateurs in New York and I want the wines there because when I first started uh i was one of the organizers or or whatever the first canada house events we were doing in london that was um david gleave he owns liberty wine merchants in london his brother is a surgeon in vancouver and he's also a friend and he calls me one day because they'd seen a thing on tv where my wine was was selling for 950 us in restaurants in china and he phones me up and he said, I'm here with my brother. He owns Liberty Wine Merchants in London. And we're just laughing at the fact that your wine's selling all over China at 950 US. And, and, and his brother, David, got on the phone. And, and he said, you know, John, if you want to build your brand and your reputation, 
uh, don't don't lose all your wine into the Chinese market. Get into London. Get in front of Jancis Robinson, Stephen Spurrier, and get into New York. Get in front of Eric Asimov. And those are the two primary markets. So I got into London. We got into Europe. That's done. Next step, I was getting into New York. And then COVID happened. So my blasted wine has been sitting in storage facility in New York for quite a while. I haven't been able to get back there. So what I'm doing now with VJ is VJ is going to be able to release. It's been very well stored, but she's going to be able to release some 2017s nice. to her network. Yeah, it's fabulous. So, so I really, uh, I'm, I'm, we're, we're just in discussions right now, but there's going to be an opportunity to to show some wines in her market that I think are going to be putting us in a pretty good place. It's funny. You th- you think New York, but I immediately think of San Francisco. I think you are San Francisco through and through, not just yeah. because of its proximity to Napa, but having lived there, I know those streets, I know those restaurants, they would love your wines. Yeah. We got a bit of a toehold there, thanks to VJ. Um, but if you go into Europe, it's really easy to get your wines in Europe. Uh, getting into the U.S., every state has different rules. So it's it's not easy. Sure. So I'm going down that road. I'm trying to do it with a group of wineries so that we can we can get good at this together. Of course. So that our agencies have access. You know what I, I I've been president of the Okanagan Wine Initiative for a number of years, and the idea is don't get out there and market Painted Rock. Get out there and market Okanagan. Let them peel the onion and discover Painted Rock or Poplar Grove, or 50th Parallel, or Summerhill, or Haywire, or any of these wineries that are looking to to get out on the international stage. I love working with these guys. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, John, um, any, do you have any concerns about the future, about the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? In- yeah, I'm worried for my, my, my peers. I'm worried for my peers. And and I think it's, you know, if you, if you have a vintage when our, our production is going to be down by 54%, they say, and 29% of the plants are lost. Yeah, that That's very, very affecting. So I think I would encourage what I'd ask your audience and come up, go to some of the small wineries, hit me up, I'll give you some recommendations. I love to support them and think local because this is a time when we need to support this little industry. And, you know, we've got big guys up here, but we also have a whole lot of people who have contributed a whole lot to try to build build the industry. And I'm I, it, it's time, time we stay, stay at home and drink local. <laughs> I love the idea of our wines heading south. Frankly, I'm only ever thinking of Washington. I just think mm-hmm. I'd love to see that border free up a bit, but that's a whole other matter. Cause... They're very loyal to their community, though. And oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. And we are guns. to ours. And we are to ours. Yeah. It's, so it's not that. It's, it's easier to, to jump and get into, uh, into the Southern California market because we're different wines. And that's what, like, they will will point out the acidity, which is, I mean, they have big, ripe calves, big, ripe, brown, like all sorts of stuff. But we're just different. And um, happily, the world's starting to recognize that. Thank you for your time, John. Thank you for your time. I always enjoy it. John Skinner, Painted Rock Wines, friends. Uh, website? PaintedRock.ca. Of course. And there is a Painted Rock, but that's a whole other story. Uh, thank you for this. Uh, there is a painted rock. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. A quick reminder, the Red Wine Lovers Collection, a curated selection of Hillside's favorite red wines. Their whites and rosés include the 2022 Heritage Pinot Gris, the Heritage Viognier, the Muscat Autonel, the double gold medal winning Gewurztraminer, 
the Unoak Pinot Gris, and the 2022 Rosé. The Rosé Lovers Collection, a fun bundle of three unique expressions of Rosé. The Aromatic Whites, a six-pack collection of Hillside's iconic aromatic white wines. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mount Brucery Estate Winery. They're highlighting the word reserve and two award-winning reds, the 2018 Reserve Syrah and the 2018 Reserve Malbec. Both of these bold and sumptuous reds were recipients of the B.C. Lieutenant Governor Awards, meaning that they were at the top of their class. And you can meet your host, Mount Boucherie's winemaker, Jeff Hundredmark, talking about Reds of Girth, Monday, January 23rd, 6 p.m., in the Summit Room at Mount Boucherie. Hosted in their private barrel room from 6 to 8 p.m., Monday, January 23rd. And if anybody can talk about girth, it's Jeff Hundredmark. All the details at mountboucherie.com. This is a Tasting Room Radio, I'm Terry David Mulligan. And we have finally come to uh, one of the... One of the really interesting interviews that I've been waiting to do and we found the right time. Vijay Gandhi is the CEO of Cascadia Wine Merchants. Um, Canadian? Yes. Still. Um, Still Canadian. <laughs> uh, where, was your, where, do you, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, actually, okay. and I've lived there most of my life. So, okay. And uh, it wasn't until 10 years ago that I moved to California um, where I'd actually met my future husband and two homes and twin babies later where I'm still here. <laughs> so where, where's the current, the current world headquarters for Cascadia? Current world headquarters is the San Francisco Bay area. <laughs> Yay. Well, we, well, we lived in Piedmont. Where are you living? I'm currently in Los Gatos, California. Nice. Very, there's so many great places. We miss, so many we, great miss places. we miss San Francisco. We miss it so much. It uh, is. It's beautiful. So, you're going to need some fog to roll in and cool things off down there right about now. Um, I'm actually looking forward to that because yeah. it's it gets warm here in the in July and August. Now, I was caught by the fact that, first of all, it was Cascadia Wine Merchants and the K. Mm-hmm. In the K, there's a difference in, okay, there's something else going on here. Uh, and then when I discovered that, that what you were actually doing was what I'd always dreamt someone would do, and that is uh, sell and distribute and raise the profile of Canadian wines mm-hmm. in America. How is that not how it hasn't happened before is beyond me and I'm glad mm-hmm. you're doing it. How was this how did you roll it out? How did it go? You know what? I as you just as you I am as excited that we've been able to roll this out and it's kind of been a 5-year project for me. Um but initially when I moved out here I mean, just like yourself, if you live in Vancouver, you've been to Okanagan Valley sure. and you've gone wine tasting. And I had the pleasure of boating and growing up as a child and in my teens and my 20s, boating and wine tasting and things like that. So I was very familiar with uh, the wine country in Canada. So when I moved out to California, lo and behold, it's actually quite disappointing when you sit down at a restaurant, and you look at the menu and you're 100 restaurants in and you think, I can't believe there's no Canadian wine on here. No, no, there'd be yeah. ice. You'd find ice wine, of course. Ice wine, it's sparse. I, one, once in a while, you see Enniskillen somewhere uh, in a big department store or yeah. on a on a restaurant menu, but very, very rare. And um, 
I actually worked for the 2010 Olympics. I worked in finance. And uh, during my time at the Olympics, I made many connections, especially with trade commissioners and global affairs. And I actually reached out to my friend. I'm going to do a shout out, Rob, Rob Arthurs, <laughs> who still works in trade. And uh, I said, hey, are you familiar with any Canadian or BC wine in particular in the U.S.? And he's like, oh, it's been tried. You know, these are some of the things that have gone on in the past. But what are you thinking? And I said, well, I think I'm going to pitch it to my husband. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to import it into the U.S. And uh, the very first thing I did was reach out to a marketing firm in New York, actually, to get my data and stats on what was the consumer behavior when it came to imported wines and where were people purchasing the most. So I was pretty technical about my decision. (laughs) Well, now you had the same time Mm -hmm. you got that started. You had to Mm -hmm. come to the Canadian wine industry and say we'd like to have, we'd like to represent you, uh, yes. or or certain uh, well chosen, well tasted uh, wines uh, for distribution in the states. Mm-hmm. What was their reaction? You know what? I I'm so glad I met like minded individuals uh, that were passionate and currently seeking opportunities to export into the U.S. And I mean, that early on in the game, the best you can do is say, hey, I've got all my licensing and permits. Um, But what was really wonderful is about where I was located was the Bay Area and so close to the Napa region. And one of the things that came up in our stats outside of the fact that the U.S. was importing so much more uh, wine, uh, California happens to be the largest wine producer as well as consumer market. So I looked at it as an opportunity as a very wine educated demographic. And so I thought it'd be a great starting point to introduce Canadian wine into this into the region. And that's what we did. Well, and and listen, you, you know, you, the first reaction is you have wine there. You don't come on. It's it's frozen. You don't live in igloos. There's a a wall of ice. (laughs) Yeah, you have to pour those wines. Mm-hmm. For for some people to believe that this is what's going on, well, well okay. Yeah. How much did you make? Uh, how many choices do I have? Uh, right. We'll get to your portfolio, I promise. But but mm-hmm. I know that every day for you is a sales job. You have to speak yeah. well uh, of us, and then you have to say, you can only listen. I believe in these wines. Try them. I think they'll sell themselves. <laughs> you know what? That was a really good point. I was at an uh, at an event in New York, and that's where I really learned my big lessons. What the, what this event was, because that's right. Every day you have to be selling and pitching your business idea. But I actually am very passionate about what I'm doing because maybe it's because I'm Canadian. I don't know. And uh, I when I when I looked at how U.S. producers were selling their wines to the audience and how we were selling our wines to the audience, yeah. I almost felt a bit like we we're a little bit more shy and timid in the way we share our wines, especially with uh, the international audience. But something did happen. You you know this, Vijay. Yes. All of a sudden, we got better. Our yes, wines, Our absolutely. wines were simply not for... They, they were, we, were, we were drinking our wines because they were there and they were handy and price-wise. Yep. But if we ever wanted to, to export our wines and be a wine nation, even on a small mm-hmm. scale... You had to get your game together, and that's what we, mm-hmm. we all of a sudden we saw wine saw winemakers coming in from South Africa, from New Zealand, Australia, California, um, mm-hmm. uh, with France, wherever mm-hmm. the, you could find great winemakers. Come, come, come and have give, and, and all of a sudden we planted the, the, the right grapes. We we uh, everything worked. Everything worked absolutely. And, and now now you have wine to sell. Sorry. 
now you have wine to sell. Yes, and that was one of the big things too. It's it's production had gone up, the quality had gone up. We had um, so many folks, like you said, coming in from different parts of the world. And uh, so once I once we were able to get our pitch right, it sold itself. Uh, we just had to get it in the right hands. I started to make a list on the right hand side of my note page of all yes. of the all of the wineries that aren't on your page that I would recommend. Anyway, that's oh, absolutely. That's, I'm always taking recommendations. Oh, well, I, I'm sure you've heard these names before. However. It's Cascadia yes. Wine Merchants, and they're open for business in the United States. And I just I saw on your page, yes, uh, a little note that came up that said someone has just ordered Canadian wine for, mm-hmm. in, in Woodlands, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, from Cascadia. They happen to be listeners to my music show called Mulligan Stew. They they're Canadians that live in Woodland, Texas, just oh, outside amazing. of just outside of Houston. And I told them about you. And there, oh, all of a sudden, that. boom, it's on the screen. I appreciate it. <laughs> See, this is teamwork makes the small dream work. <laughs> it's a small world. It is amazing. Well, you know what? We ship to 45 U.S. states now. So sometimes I'm looking at our, our platform to see where the sales are coming in from. And it's like a town you would never expect, like in Ohio or something. <laughs> and I, I think recently shipped to Hawaii. I would think that Washington and Oregon would be interested in us. Because we're are. in the same community, right? We don't see a lot of Oregon wines here. We see a lot of Washington wines here, and vice versa. You can't find our wines in Washington or Oregon. I'm thinking right. that they would be interested. Are they? Oh, absolutely. We have consumers all along the Pacific Northwest. Actually, some of our new club signups are from Washington and Oregon, uh, because that's what we're offering: is the best of the you know best of the best of Canadian wines as well as Pacific Northwest. That's a very nice segue. <laughs> she is VJ Gandhi. She is the CEO of Cascadia Wine Merchants. It flows yes. trippingly off the tongue. It's her <laughs> passion and her belief in Canadian wines. Now. Um, uh, I just started to look at some of your wines just to see what was open in the portfolio. Uh, you start with, <laughs> I won't start with the one that's at the t- top left-hand corner. I'll get to that. Fa- okay. <laughs> Phantom Creek, Phantom Creek, for yes. example, Phantom Creek, which is a gorgeous building. Have you seen that winery? I have yet to make it there. It is I hope to visit sometime soon. Astonishing. It's huge. Oh, I bet. And mm-hmm. it's sitting on the very best uh, growing uh, uh, area in right. in all of the Okanagan, it, that, it, but right. it took a lot of money to do that. Right. Uh, and then they hired Mark Beringer from mm-hmm. the Beringer family, and he is yes. now making wines, a Californian making wines in the Okanagan Valley. Mm-hmm. You know what? That just says it all. That when we're, we were just chatting about, look at the folks that are coming into the Okanagan Valley. Yeah. I mean, Beringer Vineyards. Everybody knows that family, and um, I mean, the accolades are there, and that's why I didn't hesitate when. Uh, Phantom Creek reached out for uh, to go through samples. I said, let's let's sit down and really look at this. And you know what? Um, their wines are doing phenomenal already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a perfect audience for yeah. them. Yeah, that's top level. Clos de Soleil. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they do it their way and they have incredible uh, wines and fans. And, and people, yes. people uh, the toughest thing in the world is to get people to actually come back year after year after year mm-hmm. because everything, cha- all the, the climates change. You right. have to make great wine every year. Consistency from Clos de Soleil. Michael Clark is yeah. very, 
informative when it comes to the BC wine industry to start, but he's a fantastic winemaker and he's really showing those wines from the Samilkameen Valley. And actually the reason why Claude Soleil landed in our portfolio is because someone was, there was a, a client on Twitter that was having like a Twitter war with me and said, please begin importing Claude Soleil. So I reached out to Michael and I said, there's someone that will not stop hounding me on Twitter. <laughs> To bring your wines here can you please just ship me your sample let's get started he might show up at my house <laughs> yeah i know it's he has a, an amazing follower and year after year we just keep importing claude du soleil another great choice uh, vj is meyer family who yes if when we, when you're talking about uh, uh canadian chardonnay although the there is a, char, mm-hmm. a garden uh, the chardonnay all the growers are meeting in ontario right now uh for their oh. they, they have they have a, a a gathering of all of the Chardonnay makers in Canada. And then awards are handed out uh, right Right. about now. So Meyer family are head and shoulders, just one of the great Chardonnay makers in the country. Absolutely. Uh, I think that when I, when I first began importing wines into the U S I was working with John Skinner from Painted Rock and I was working with Jack Myers from Meyer family vineyards. And what a great starting point. (laughs) I don't see any Painted Rock there. You know what? We're actually doing replenishment very soon. Okay, because I, my next interview after you is with John Skinner at Painted Rock. Oh, really? Okay. Well, tell him I said hi. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mount Mercury Estate Winery. They're highlighting the word reserve and two award-winning reds, the 2018 Reserve Syrah and the 2018 Reserve Malbec. Both of these bold and sumptuous reds were recipients of the BC Lieutenant Governor Awards, meaning that they were at the top of their class. And you can meet your host, Mount Boucherie's winemaker, Jeff Hundredmark, talking about Reds of Girth, Monday, January 23rd, 6 p.m., in the Summit Room at Mount Boucherie. Hosted in their private barrel room from 6 to 8 p.m., Monday, January 23rd. And if anybody can talk about girth, it's Jeff Hundredmark. All the details at mountboucherie.com. The segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Visit the Okanagan Valley this winter and experience beautiful BC wine country. The Okanagan Winter Wine Festival takes place January 20 through 28 across the Okanagan. Events include happy hours, fire and ice carnival, a winter artisan market, scenic sips, live music Sundays. You can find all the details for the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival in January at thewinefestivals.com. Vijay Gandhi is uh, the CEO of Cascadia Wine Merchants uh, based in uh, California. And this company is selling, distributing, mm-hmm. and making fans of Canadian wine. Now, Black Swift, <laughs> do you know how crazy they are? I love uh, them because they're crazy. They're crazy. <laughs> and their wines are fantastic. And I have, yes. I have this belief that if, uh, and I don't really mean crazy, I mean, they're very interesting and very different. They take wine from a different uh, a think. And anybody who is interesting making wines, I want to taste mm-hmm. that wine because it is going to be different. It's And, and yeah. Black Swift is fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, we've ha- we, I think we still have their Syrah in our portfolio. Actually, one of the first wines that I'd ever tasted uh, growing up was at the Hatch, yeah. uh, the Bianco, actually, which is funny. And then, of course, same winemaker, Jason Parks. But Jason is brilliant, and um, he really knows what he's doing, and he's worked with so many different vineyards in, in BC, and he just gets it right every single time. So without hesitation, I will always work with his wines. Have you seen his new winery buildings? 
Oh, the black swift one, or is yeah, there another well, one? Well, it, it, it looks oh, Crown like. Oh, Crown Thieves. Yeah, that spe- the speakeasy downstairs. It just looks like right. some, like an old movie set that's that's crumbled at the top. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, cool. You you have schooled me on, on uh, quartz and yarrow. Yes, yeah, so quartz and yarrow is new to our portfolio. That is through uh, Phantom Creek, yep. and we are just learning a little bit more about it ourselves. But uh, quartz and yarrow, I believe, is on the organic side. Uh, we've just imported, I believe, is it one bottle or two bottles in? But um, I'm excited to see how it does in the market because you know what? Folks out here are very excited about organic wines, biodynamic uh, practices, and uh, completely new to the portfolio, but we're excited. When you left, the Similkamine Valley was, we knew where they were and what they were doing. It, mm-hmm. It's the place now. It's their oh, turn. No. It's their turn. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, I actually visited Claude du Soleil before I imported from there. And I remember just standing <laughs> by outside the tasting room and looking around and think, thinking this is Amazing. so majestic. Amazing. And now <laughs> yeah. we now we come to Q&A. Yay! Yes. The one I'm most excited about right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? I have been working with Michael Mosney for several years now. He's one of what I feel the best winemakers coming out of Canada. And it's because he's so genuine, true to his style. And we've, we have a fan base for winemakers cut and we have for several years. So when he explained what the project about Q and a, I was absolutely excited, but I knew he would make amazing wines and that the three of you guys would do an amazing job. Did he tell you the story of how we got together? Yes, yeah. that he watched your show. Yeah. And, and, and they moved to the Okanagan because of what they saw on the screen. Talk about serendipity. And changed their happened. lives. And then we got to make this Bordeaux blend. But I got to tell you, the white, uh-huh. the white has yes. my heart. Marsambre Sambionier. Oh, I yes. love it. Yes. You know, I sampled them in November last year. I was uh, doing a presentation out in Penticton. And I had the chance to sample both wines. Yeah. And I was sitting down with uh, a friend, Tanya, and we were just mind blown. We were absolutely mind blown. And I said, I can't wait to get this across the border. So now... Just so that everybody knows, you can purchase Q&A wines in the U.S. Uh, we ship directly to your door to 45 states. Mm-hmm. I've been asked quite a bit. Actually, Jason Priestley is our part partner and yes. my, my friend. And he uh, lives in Nashville. And he's being asked all the time. Oh, I bet. They, how they can get their hands on Q&A. So, Send them the link to the website. I, uh, you know what? Send them a link to our page. They'll read all about you. Buy the wines. And... It's just as easy as putting it in your cart and hitting purchase, and it'll be at your front door. Cool. Within a week. <laughs> okay. Vijay Gandhi is uh, the CEO of Cascadia Wine Merchants uh, based in uh, California, San Francisco Bay Area. And um, and this company is selling, distributing, mm-hmm. and making fans of Canadian wine. We just had to get our game together, and we have, and it's all working out. It's a small, it'll roll out slowly. Who knows what happens 10 years from now? VJ, you don't know. You don't know what something's going to trip it. Something, there will be one particular wine that will set things in motion. Don't quite know mm-hmm. what it is yet. Have you heard from Ontario? Yes, we are. We're starting to dabble more and more into Ontario. We have uh, a couple of fantastic sparkling wines. Uh, including uh, we have a sparkling wine from 13th Street Winery, which did really well last year uh, in the awards and has um, is really known for sparkling, actually. And we are hoping to bring in more from other provinces as well. You want you've got to mention Nova Scotia. Yes, absolutely. Their, their bubble, Benjamin Bridge. Yes, La- Lacadie, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Wolfville. Uh, 
I'm going to I'm going to jot these names down. No, no, no. It's it. They just decided they knew exactly what they could grow with the weather that they had. And it was Mm -hmm. bubble. Let's make bubble. And it's the same project and the same thinking as what's happened uh, in the south of England, where all of a sudden they see the heat Mm -hmm. units come up and they know what they're going to plant and do. And they're creating incredible bubble. So um, and the other names I was mentioning or at least easily writing down were Orofino, Mm -hmm. Unsworth. Front, right. right behind me, uh, right. Painted Rock, Hillside, one of the originals on the Naramata bench, a Tantalus, an incredible, yes. uh, mm-hmm. Spearhead, the best Pinot Noir in the country. Spearhead, we're bringing them in this month, actually. Moon Cursor, who are crazy people, mm-hmm. and I love them dearly. And a beta, and yes, a, beta, a, a huge portfolio, yes, yes, and uh, Fairview Sellers, um, just up up the road, Big Reds, on the Golden Mile. That's what it, you know. You're the second individual to mention that to me in the last month. Fairview Sellers. We will begin this dialogue, and if, if people have recommendations, how do they get a hold of you? I have been receiving more and more uh, communication from wineries that are interested in exporting into the U.S. Um, I think it's important for me to mention that I do offer consulting services as well because there's a lot. There's a massive education piece. No kidding. That is well, at you, play. You have to online. get through all the paperwork. Yes. Oh. And I do know how to do all of that with my eyes closed. So what I've, uh, you know, I've been working with wineries over the years to show them the ropes. But now as we're getting bi- bigger and busier, I will be doing more training more and facilitating um, okay. them to learn the ropes. I have so many questions. Um, oh, no, you I'm, go for I, it. <laughs> no, I'm trying I'm trying to separate my Q&A self from my broadcast self. My broadcast That's self right. says... Have you thought about, and Rita, it would be a pain to do, have you thought about a Canadian pour locally in San Francisco just to wake up the Bay Area? Oh, like a tasting event, like a, yeah. a trade tasting? Yeah. or uh, Actually, you know what? Uh, we do host trade tastings every once in a while. One year, actually, we hosted a trade tasting in the financial district. Somehow, Terry, they figured out how to build a wine cave into the 10th floor in a building in the financial district. We had a cheesemonger. We had... All of our Canadians wines out, and actually, we we did pretty well that night. Um, but we are always going to do things like that. Uh, did uh, John Skinner at Painted Rock happen to tell you about how they romanced London, England? Oh, absolutely. I, you know what, John has just uh, other than being uh, someone I've been, you know, bringing wines in from. Um, he's a friend. He's a mentor. I have so much. Um, respect for John yeah. and the work he's done to help Canadians export their wines and especially London. Yeah. And uh, we've been working together for years. So I'm excited to replenish those wines, but he has mentioned things to me in the past. And yes. they're doing well. I think there were eight or 10 original wineries and they're doing, right. they're, they're doing great sales there. They're now in oh, rest- yeah, they're being poured in restaurants by the mm-hmm. glass. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of opportunity. And you know what? That's when I, when I looked at things like that, Terry, I really, uh, it, it just struck me to think like we share a border with the U.S. Why are we not selling in the U.S.? And now we have winemakers cup pouring in a Michelin star restaurant in downtown San Francisco, which I hope we can get Q&A into. <laughs> and um, there's just so much opportunity. It just I think it really takes to dot dot your I's and cross your T's and just find the right people. There is a wine store. Right. In uh, in San Francisco called Tofino. Mm-hmm. Tofino Wines. I've recently been there. Yeah, we were and looking at... And as I understand, they are there. Canadian. One of them is, is a Canadian. Right. Which would make a great place to, to for, for your Canadian wines. You know, it's funny. We just visited, is it two months ago, uh, the space and the store yep. to see if we could host an event there. 
<laughs> Wonderful. And of course, I told you about uh, uh, Liam Maclem, my uh, KCBS uh, foodie chap, who is mm-hmm. the who is the the uh, fundraising MC. If you want to raise funds and you need an MC and an auctioneer, he's the guy. But beyond that, yeah. that's just one of the things that's happened to him. He still does KCBS and he still does food, and and he wants to do a story on you for them in San Francisco. Oh, cool. I'm 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 in. Anything I can do to spread the good word about Canadian wine? Uh the wine club. Mm-hmm. The wine club. It's, I like that idea. Uh there's O Canada, there's Cascadia four and Cascadia six, perhaps you can explain. The O Canada includes four Canadian wines, and that's for our Canadian savvy folks. Sure. The Cascadia four and Cascadia six are split between Pacific Northwest and Canadian wines. Think about it, friends. If you have uh friends in the States. Mm-hmm. who come up and taste our wines and wish they could get them or take them back. Um, and you can tell them now, if just write down the word Cascadia with a K, follow that, Google that, go, go get that. And, and you can find Canadian wines in America at your front door. Simple as that. Take a look at the list. I know that list is your portfolio list is going to grow. Yeah, it's always growing. Um, I think now increasingly so because of our club launch. Um, so yeah, expect to see something new every quarter, and uh, whether it's Pacific Northwest or Canada. But of course, that's our niche. We're can- we're Canadian wine importer. I think we're one of the only ones that do that out here. And um, I think that I think we're going to keep growing, Terry. I actually think there's a long road ahead of us. I think we're doing fantastic. We're going to change the narrative to North American wine. Okay, North American wines. Um, and we'll continue to, on, on our part, make better and better wines. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Um, actually, we really, we really want to look into how we're going to launch a Q&A here in the U.S. And I think Michael and I have talked about maybe a winemaker's dinner out here. And there's some perfect little spots for that to happen. Well, one of us is already there. And, right. And, and, and um, our mutual friend, Liam Maclem, will find us the, in the best room and the best chef to do it. Fantastic. It'll be quite a night. And everybody, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, keep me posted on the plans because I'm here to support you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Vijay Gandhi, CEO and co-founder of uh, Cascadia Wine Merchants. The website is? CascadiaWineMerchants.com. Instagram, same? Cascadia Wine Merchants, yep. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Vijay Gandhi, CEO of Cascadia Wine Merchants in San Francisco. The segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Visit the Okanagan Valley this winter and experience beautiful BC wine country. The Okanagan Winter Wine Festival takes place January 20 through 28 across the Okanagan. Events include happy hours, fire and ice carnival, a winter artisan market, scenic sips, live music Sundays. You can find all the details for the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival in January at thewinefestivals.com. Cascadia with a K.